Hello, my name is Morgan Wells, and welcome to my podcast, History of Financial Crises. We will start with the stock market crash of 1987. First, a little background. The 1980s were an interesting time in the markets. Interest rates had been slowly following, falling from highs of over 20% in 1981 to around 7% in 1987. Inflation was falling as well, from nearly 12% in 1981 to around 1% in 1987. Reagan had become president in 1981, and his pro-business policies were obviously welcomed by Wall Street. He lowered top marginal tax rates dramatically in 1986 and discontinued several common deductions, tax loopholes, which sounds awfully familiar to today, but I digress. In addition, in the 1980s, junk bonds came to the fore. Largely a product of Michael Milken, they created a large pool of capital that fueled a merger and acquisition frenzy. Any company that had stable cash flows became a target of the junk bond raiders. The debt-fueled acquisition craze combined with falling interest rates, falling inflation rates, and Reaganomics created a very fertile environment for equities. As a result, the Dow Jones nearly tripled from 1980 to 1987. In addition, uh, the market had increased rapidly in 1986 or 1987 in particular, gaining over 44% from January to August. Now, let's get to the actual crash. After that, we'll explore the causes. So, um, on the Friday prior, October 16th, 1987, the market lost 4.6%, which was a dramatic move for that time. After a weekend to ruminate, ruminate markets on Monday, October 19th, which became known as Black Monday, fell by an additional 22.6% in that single day. It was the largest percentage fall by nearly double of the previous record set in 1929, the Great Depression, folks. Double that. One can only imagine the fear felt by traders on that historic day. So uh, we've seen what led to the equity gains in the first part of the 1980s, but what caused the actual crash? Uh, most folks point to a couple culprits. First, uh, a catalyst in a was a bill that came out of the House Ways and Means Committee that would limit interest rate deductions associated with debt that fueled corporate takeovers. Uh, it wasn't a signed bill yet, but merely the potential uh, for the bill to become law that caused target that caused takeover target stocks prices decline rapidly the week prior to Black Monday. Basically, Washington was saying this junk bond craze needs to end. Uh, prices on those particular stocks uh, declined pretty dramatically in the week leading up to Black Monday. In addition, uh, there was another, another catalyst uh, was a currency fight between Germany and the U.S. In the week prior to the crash, I believe it was a Wednesday actually, a larger an expected U.S. trade deficit came out. This prompted then Treasury Secretary James Baker to threaten to devalue the dollar as he felt recent German policy changes had contributed to the trade deficit. 
As a reminder to the chemistry majors out there in the ether, a weakened currency will typically raise exports and lower imports for said country. This would obviously lower the trade deficit uh, for the U.S. if we devalued the dollar. Anyhow, picking a fight uh, or a trade war fight is never a good idea, but this guy had the worst timing ever. As a reminder, markets were already jittery from the rumor of that tax bill and had dropped 4.6% that Friday. So naturally, over the weekend, this Baker guy goes on the Sunday morning talk show circuit. Sunday morning after Friday's 4% decline to make his currency threat public. Good call, sport. Um, the markets on Monday obviously said that was a very bad move. Um, in addition, perhaps not a catalyst, but more of an accelerant of the crash was the recent widespread adoption of portfolio insurance. This was a technique used by investors to limit losses caused by a decline in equity prices. Computer algorithms govern this technique, and they basically sold index futures. Sorry, I don't know that. They basically sold index futures in a declining market. Portfolio insurance vendors typically traded using index futures rather than underlying equities, as they were cheaper to trade. Due to the algorithm's precise nature, there were certain price thresholds where the portfolio insurance vendors were obligated to sell. There wasn't a whole lot of human oversight. So basically, if prices hit X, you hit the sell button as a uh, portfolio insurance vendor. Coupled with uh, portfolio insurance, another contributing factor uh, that people point to was the rise of index arbitrage funds. Uh, which profited from the small price differences between the index futures and the actual underlying equity markets that most retail investors use. They often use leverage uh, to amplify these small price discrepancies. So let's, let's summarize here. We've got a bit of a perfect storm. Um, Friday, equities declined 4%, which capped a 9% total week-long decline in the S&P 500. Uh, Basically, equity markets were jittery, skittish, declined 9% total the week prior. Um, this 9% drop, which was one of the worst weeks in years, by the way, caused portfolio insurance vendors to have a quote-unquote overhang that weekend. Basically, their computer models suggested they needed to sell more futures contracts on the open on Monday to hedge their positions. With this came knock-on or derivative effects, which are rather tough to quantify, but uh, several large and aggressive trading organizations were rumored to be selling early Monday as well because they knew that portfolio insurance insurers would be needing to sell too. Basically, the trading houses wanted to get their sell orders in before the portfolio insurers could do the same. In addition, that 9% weekly loss prior to Black Monday caused retail investors to pull out of mutual funds. Mutual fund companies, therefore, uh, experienced some outflows, and they also needed to sell on Monday. And to top all that off, 
you got a bureaucrat going on the Sunday morning talk shows throwing flames at Germany, which we've seen in history is not the best idea. Okay. People knew they were going to be in for a rough one, but fast forward to the ringing of the bell Monday morning. There was obviously more sell orders than buy orders. Uh, this delayed price discovery on the actual stock market for almost 90 minutes. Basically, the market was not functioning. It was locked up. Uh, however, the futures market opened on time with heavy selling from aforementioned portfolio insurers. This caused the index arbitrage funds, which remember, uh, profit off price differences between futures and the underlying equity markets, to sell at the, to enter sell at market orders on the actual stock exchanges. So when trading finally opened on said exchanges, again almost 90 minutes later than normal, prices quote gapped lower and there was very little liquidity, which only amplified the panic. <clears throat> Trading continued lower during the day. Um, at 1 p.m., rumors began circulating that the SEC was going to temporarily halt trading on the uh, New York Stock Exchange. Rather than calm nerves, however, this only increased the panic further as traders feared being locked into their positions. Thanks for the help, SEC. As stated previously, the market ended the day down over 22%. Combining Black Monday's fall with the previous week's Equity markets were down over 30% in a span of eight days, folks. Eight days. Wow. In response, new Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan issued a statement on Tuesday morning indi at indicating that he would provide liquidity to calm markets. Uh, he backed up that statement by pushing the federal funds rate down a half a percentage point uh, that Tuesday morning. This appears to have worked as markets rallied on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, erasing over half of Monday's losses. Within two years of Black Monday's dramatic drop, U.S. stock prices would be making new all-time highs. Now, that's the popular version uh, of the cause. Portfolio insurers, index arbitrage funds, this bill that came out of the House and Ways and Means Committee, and that trade war fight by Treasury Secretary are all the popular culprits of what caused the 1987 crash. But a different take provided by a very reputable man, Robert Schiller, who is a Nobel laureate economist, offers a, a different explanation. He holds that it was investors' expectation of a crash that caused the actual event to happen. He rightly points out that portfolio insurance was actually around for decades prior, it just didn't have a marketable name. Even the inventors of portfolio insurance models pointed out that they were just perfecting or formalizing what investors were already doing anyway, namely selling and reducing risk as prices and volatility uh, increase, as prices decline and volatility increases. It didn't take a fancy computer model to accomplish that. Um, Schiller again says portfolio insurance just gave a name to what investors were already doing. So Schiller thinks it wasn't index arbitrage funds, it wasn't portfolio insurance, but again, he thinks investor psychology and mindset were to blame. 
He writes, quote, A theme in the popular press that appeared frequently before the crash was that the bull market had gone on a long time and the market was overpriced, end quote. The, 19, or excuse me, the October 1987 issue of the Atlantic Magazine, which came out before the crash, mind you, had on its cover, its cover, folks, America is about to wake up to a painful new economic reality following the biggest binge of borrowing and spending in the history of the nation. That was on the cover of a non-economic newspaper or magazine. In the actual article... Uh, it said, quote, the consumption binge of the 1980s has inf in inflicted enormous damage on the U.S. economy. Whether or not a crash can be avoided remains to be seen. In addition, Robbie, Bart Robbie Batra's book, The Crash of 1990, was a bestseller when it was released in early 1987. Clearly, investors were looking all around, getting pretty jittery after uh, almost a decade of price increases. Schiller posits that as equity prices begin their decline the week prior, investors began to think that this was, quote, it, and the crash was upon them. As such, they sold more of their holdings, which only exacerbated the severity of the decline. Whether it was portfolio uh the popular suspect of portfolio insurance or investor psychology as Chiller uh, posits. Either way, we're going to remember the Black Monday of 1987 for decades to come. In addition, I'm not a doomsdayer, but current markets look a lot like pre-crash 1987. Interest rates have been low for a decade and only now are starting to tick up. Check. Equity prices have nearly tripled since 2009. Check. Trade war talk and rhetoric is coming out of the White House. Check. In addition, a quick Google search reveals increasingly jittery investors wondering when the party will end. Will it be a mad dash for the exit once the music stops? History says yes. Thanks for listening.